Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're changing. Yeah. We, we discovered that everybody's copying Tolkien. We discovered it. You heard yeah, it it's true. Yeah. yeah. And Tolkien didn't copy anybody. No. Uh, surely, right? No, no uh, especially, especially not the anonymous Viking who wrote Beowulf. Never. Boys here, the internet's number one fake history podcast returns from the dead to enslave hundreds of other podcasts of our level or lower to create an army of podcasting white guys uh, hellbent on revenge. I am a great host, Peter O'Donoghue, and I am joined by... That's my that's my golem impression. You guys get good, it? Good, good. That's really good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm James. I'm here too. Yeah. Uh, so this week's episode on the Middle Earth games, Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War, was requested by patron Chaz Michael Michaels and upvoted by some anonymous listeners using the Google Sheet pinned to the request channel on our Discord linked below. Um, excuse me, I'm just gonna choke immediately. Fuck. <laughs> That's the worst <laughs> Google Sheet I've ever seen designed, by the way. It's an it's awful, good. awful Google yeah. Sheet. It's yeah. just an Excel yeah. Like, yeah. like everything we do, it's all, it's all pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. I think it, took, uh, it may have taken me a minute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the best way to get a shout-out on air is obviously to request in the channel so we can find your name. But uh, if you want to show interest, the sheets just save my ass every once in a while when I have no fucking ideas. So... Uh, joining Chaz and our other amazing patrons this week are Greggy P and the capital letter S. So hopefully we can get the rest of the alphabet so we can quit our jobs. Um, <laughs> all, yeah. all the pieces of Exodia. Yeah, exactly. The alphabet, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> ah, the forbidden O. Just like right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah so. Sideways in defense position, but it's, because it's an O, it's <laughs> just the o. same. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> So I guess a zero can have a defense position. That's how you know. It's a little longer, right? More egg-shaped, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Traditionally, so, the trad zero. <laughs> the, the one that lives on a farm and just cooks for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, have you guys, Ethan's and Jamie's, ever played Shadow of Mordor or Shadow of War? And give me your quick thoughts if you have. I've, I've played a bit of the first one, but like okay. by a bit of my old roommate, had it and I played for I don't know maybe an hour you know right I bought it for like 50 cents I, I mentioned this on the podcast like probably in 2017 or something I bought it for 50 cents and felt that it was worth that uh, the first <laughs> one uh, it was uh, it's basically Arkham whatever Batman game um, engine where that's how the fighting works yeah um, but you are fighting orcs and like as you beat orcs, it just changes the hierarchy and stuff. And I, I just lost interest really quick because the whole game is the combat and the combat was like, 
eh, fine for me, but not enough to keep me around. And uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the probably three hours I played and the 50 cents I spent. So yeah, um, I beat Shadow of Mordor, the first one back in 2019. Have very similar feelings to you, Jamie. I think I got it for six bucks on sale. Uh, in doing the research for this episode, I realized I had no fucking idea who the villains were. I saw a bunch of pictures of characters I did not recognize and was just like, <laughs> okay, yeah. cool. Sure, so, bad guy. Yeah, yeah he looks like a bad guy. He's got no gums. He looks mm-hmm. kind of like the, the Hellraiser dudes, right? He's got just exposed teeth. That makes him evil. <laughs> um, but recently, I, I beat Shadow of War on Game Pass, and the the writers especially... Uh, I think we're given a blank check to do whatever the fuck they wanted when creating orc personalities, because obviously the Arkham combat is serviceable and good, um, but it's not good enough to really carry a game that doesn't have a story. The kind of emergent, just like orc personalities, and especially now with the politicking where you take over entire castles and like assign the guy who speaks in rhymes as the warlord of a region after he's served you well enough is just like... That part's really good. The story itself is very, very goofy, but I had a great, great time with it. I did basically everything except the collectibles because I'm just not not a collectible kind of cat. The I mean, most yeah. memorable, I think, of the first one is the tutorial where you sneak up and you have to hold X to kiss your wife, which yes. in the Self future, yeah. yeah, in the future becomes slitting someone's throat. Yes. But for, <laughs> for, your, for your wife, it's a, it's a nice peck. Yeah. Yes, the uh, the stealth tutorial is surprise your wife with like a daisy or whatever, opposed yeah. to su- surprise some orc by stabbing him in the throat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. my knife's name I, is Daisy. I, it, it's a good thing that he didn't. Um, yeah, exactly. It's like on the hill. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a good thing he doesn't mix that up and like at the beginning slit his wife's throat and then just like impotently yeah. whap some kind of monster in the face with a bouquet of flowers. Yeah. Give give an orc a peck. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, sneak up on the biggest baddest orc and just open mouth kiss them right there that's the quickest way to recruit them actually you can you can you can give them the open mouth kiss at full health once you unlock it you you don't need to whittle them down nice um if you guys are going to go out there and download it and play the second one on game pass the first hour and a half for some fucking reason they take away the ability to mind control orcs so they take away your kissing ability for like an hour and a half and then once you beat like the tutorial zone you can actually play the game the good part of the game which i find very weird but like if you can just kind of get through that if you just brute force it it's it it gets really good afterwards like i had a great time um yeah i mean i feel like we talked about it on maybe the mailbag that's coming to be released soon or one of the bonus episodes but we were we were talking about this like the most interesting part of the game to me for sure is the politicking and like the campaign management aspects of, of that game but i fully agree that just just the combat is like it, it can be fun for like an hour. The hour that I played, I'm like, yes, that was fun. But I never felt the, the need to pick it back up and do more of that kind of thing. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think I would finish the post game and get the true ending because the true ending is just like five fortress battles, five politickings. And I was just like, yo, the game is so much better when you don't get dopey cutscenes where people are grumpy at each other to interrupt the good part of your like army of cartoon weirdos who you send to their deaths. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I remember when it really the second one released, it was like kind of mixed reviews too, though. It was like, oh, well, that was like an $80 release, and it's still kind of just 
uh, Batman fights orcs, but you're not actually Batman. <laughs> but yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah, the format of our episode here will be taking uh, the character and concept from the game uh, and going into the lore from the game and then kind of doing a quick smell test to see how it passes J.R.R. Tolkien's work and then getting into it. There's a lot of fan fiction. Um, one of the things I mentioned a long time ago, probably on a bonus episode at patreon.com slash the lore boys of like my issue with the rings of power, Amazon show is that people talk in movie quotes because it's just like, well, if someone doesn't say something recognizable, they won't know it's Lord of the Rings. Mm. There feels like less of it in this game because you spend so much time mind controlling and playing politics. The cutscenes are very much the same problem of people just say a thing you heard in the movie as if. (laughs) As if it's just yeah. like a fucking expression, as if as if it's millennia of idioms. Yeah. Like uh, you're uh, in a- Shalab, uh, Sauron, two towers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're in like a, a a big fight. You're not allowed to press the start button. It's like you shall, you shall, you shall not pause. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> but like one guy if you watch the movies as many times as i have like one guy like sees something evil happening and he's like what is this new devilry it's like yeah Barmir did say that in moria yeah and that's the only thing you can fucking think of when somebody just quotes a movie because the movies have already adapted the dialogue from the book the book yeah and so it's just like yeah we just photocopied someone's photocopy and now that's the way these humans in quotes interact with yeah. each other right mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we're going to start with the game's uh, primary protagonist. We're going to start with our boy Talion. Um, he is played by Troy Baker, who you'd recognize as Joel from The Last of Us. Or uh, he plays Higgs in Death Stranding, which I'm currently getting through because it is leaving Game Pass in like two weeks. I get two weeks from time of release or something like that. So if sure. you've been curious about it, you should get into it. Anyway, he's a very recognizable. I think he's McCree in Overwatch or whatever the fuck that character's name oh, is now. Yeah. No, McCree is Matt Mercer. Oh, okay. Yeah, you'd recognize his voice. He is in almost everything. Yeah. McCree has a new uh, name, too. I forget. I can't remember it. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Cassidy? Um, Cassidy? Uh, I don't know. That's a guess. You pull up that clip, and then uh, you can also put, pull up what uh, Talion looks like. Uh, his face is, and personality are basically the same. He is very, very generic. On twitch.tv slash the lore boys, there's a clip of me playing Roadhog, and there's a guy up on a bridge playing Cassidy or McCree at the time who goes, It's high noon, but I got the hook, and I just pulled him into the hole, and I just cackle like a madman. Yeah. <laughs> you had that cold and your witch laugh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Twitch.tv slash the lore boys. It's in the clip somewhere if you care to see yeah. it. But yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, along with some of the kind of kind of sketchy writing um talion is not a great character his relationship with other characters is pretty good and with the orcs is especially good because he is so fucking boring and serious and it's like two people wrote there's like two teams you had you had protagonist team and you had orc team and just seeing this guy who is and of course he's he's like a gondorian ranger he very much comes across as like aragorn the hedgehog like he is, okay, he yeah. is the okay. edgy oc do not steal for this game yeah sure so Talion uh, was born in the Rovanion, uh, also known as the Wildlands. Um, and if you look at it on a map, it's kind of in the northern bit of Middle Earth. It's pretty far north to where the Lord of the Rings trilogy takes place, but it's pretty close, relatively speaking, to where the Hobbit takes place. So, like the dwarves and Bilbo and 
Gandalf, if he's like around, basically, did kind of go through this area um, when they were heading to Erebor and the Lonely Mountain and to Dale, which I believe is the name of the city in the middle of the lake. Oh, no, Lake Town is in the lake, of course. Idiot. Um, but yeah, like that that part there, if you look at a map, it's 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 further north than like Rohan and Gondor and whatnot. Cool. Um, when he was young, Talion was exiled from his homeland and moved to Gondor, uh, which is the human kingdom bordering Mordor. It's there's very much the bulwark of the world of men. It's uh, and the it's west of Mordor, right? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and at, at at some point, a Gondorian nobleman got a little too handsy with Yorith, and Talion killed him to ensure her virtue remained true. Uh, eventually, eventually uh, Talion and Yorith got married and had a son named Dirhael. Or okay. Dirhael. I, I didn't... D-I-R-H-A-E-L. Well, let's not derail the conversation trying to figure out how to pronounce yeah. it. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, rather than imprisoning or executing Talion, a sympathetic judge simply assigned Talion to the rangers who stood watch over the Black Gates of Mordor. Um, I never looked into the legal system of Tolkien. I know, like, one criticism that George R.R. R. Martin had of the Lord of the Rings was just like, well, you know, I mean, I really do want to know about their tax policy and Gandalf should have stayed dead. But it does <laughs> it, it does seem a bit like kind of like a Castle Black thing where like you do a crime and we can cut your hand off, cut your head off, or you can go work at the spooky wall for the rest of your life, basically. Right. Yeah. So what's what's what is it in uh, Lord of the Rings terms? I, I just connected to that. The the Song of Ice and Fire. So oh, where, where... I, he's a ranger. He, he gets assigned oh, to a ranger, ranger, at, a the ranger. Black, at the Black Gates. Like uh, black. the rangers are like uh, an organization. Aragorn's a ranger, right? He's from right. like a specific kind of race of people called, I think, the Dunedain, where they're like very long lived yeah. and have a very right. like a, a ranger tradition. They're like very good warriors. Isn't and right that, now, uh, go ahead. The, be- the beginning of uh, Rings of Power. Uh, that elf dude who's just helping the town. He's a ranger, right? Like hanging out on the, I think he is. The black guy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he is part of the, uh, the, like, he's part of like the, 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 the gate watch, essentially. There, okay. There's not an actual term for it, right, but he, right. he, he's very much part of the gate watch. He's not a okay. ranger because he's an elf. The ranger is a very specific, like human job. Okay. But yeah, he, that, it's that job that that Talion is has been assigned to do is just okay. keep an eye on things in Mordor. Sauron's, Sauron was defeated several thousand years ago, but broadly speaking, we don't trust all the fucking monsters in like the fenced off volcanic wasteland that we have here. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. The the Dunedain are they're a race of men who hail from the west because their island kingdom sank. It was Numenor sank, I believe. Right? It gets uh, the Numenorians. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But well, they, they are, the Numenorians became the Dunedain. Okay. Yeah. We will they, were get led, into they were led by Elendil and his sons, Isildur and Anarion. Right. That's uh, Gondor. That's addressed that in Rings of Power. Like, I, we're probably not going to get season two for like a few years because of the writer's strike now. Uh, hmm. Not that it was especially well written in the first place, but yeah. <laughs> it was it, like still, uh, they definitely talked about like uh, Numenor sinking and. Uh, all that type of stuff. So, yeah, is in the show. I yeah. remember, I remember seeing because I watched the first couple episodes, and like his dad pulls Galadriel and uh, whatever handsome guy out of the water. Yes, yeah, yeah. 
Newman or is sinking man, and I don't want to swim. <laughs> Just have to adapt that to uh, whatever <laughs> instrument is is local for the. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, the yeah, little loot. Hobbit flute. You always do oh, the, the Hobbit, Hobbit tune when you're in Ethan's pool and you stare out at the sunset. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, we were in the pool yesterday. I actually uh, I had uh, some three a.m. nachos in the pool last night. It was yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> very <Beautiful>. nice. <laughs> the, the picture, maybe the picture will, maybe if the patrons are lucky, the picture will get paid. Uh, posted for the patrons it's a very cursed image but it's a good one yeah it's pretty good though <laughs> i'm glad you got to do that you were mentioning it in the middle of the day yeah. uh at the black gates uh talion and his family lived relatively peacefully uh the dark lord sauron like i said had been defeated during the war of the last alliance about three thousand years prior to the events of the game uh so not a whole hell of a lot is happening Orcs and other wild monsters like the tiger-like Karagors, which in-game you get to ride, um, which sometimes attack the gates, kind of like testing it, I guess, like the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park. Um, but they thankfully did have Australians that they had banished to the wall. So it, the wall is very much the prison colony of, yeah, right. of Gondor, right? Yeah. Which, I mean, they don't have goofy accents, sadly, but, you know. But uh, they have all those deadly animals that, like, you know, just Deadly animals at every turn. Big fuck Probably off poison. Yeah, the, big, the world's biggest spider, you know? Yeah. We get to choose how we read the people's voices, too. They might have some. Yeah, exactly. Voices, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good eye, guy. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> not, even, not even Tolkien could have come up with something as fantastical as an Australian accent. <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> So Talion and the Rangers were well trained. Uh, Talion was very good at hitting, like at hitting the uh, instant counter and insta kill button, and eventually managed to go up the ranks of the Rangers at the Black Gates and, and be promoted to captain. Um, and as many of us are familiar with during the Hobbit, the One Ring is found and taken back to the Shire by Bil- uh, by Bilbo Baggins, and this is kind of when the Ring starts calling out. To, this is a retcon for Tolkien himself because. The, he wrote the Lord of the Rings trilogy after The Hobbit. The ring began calling up to Sauron in an effort to be recovered by him so that he could get it back, re- reclaim his power, and of course take over Middle-earth. Um, the game, the first game, this is Shadow of Mordor, takes place yeah. between The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings stories. So I think there's like 50, 60 years. You guys can pull up the clip to get the exact amount of years. It's like 50 or 60 years between The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings or the Fellowship of the Ring, of when Bilbo has the ring in the Shire, it's kind of sending out little signals to the evil in Mordor and trying to get him to come back. And the games take place in this in this period of like this period of relative peace, right? But like when there's kind of unease brewing in in the East, basically. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um sixty years. Sixty years between the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings. Wow. Sixty years ago was the sixties. That's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, admit. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So in uh, 1963, um, <laughs> three of Sauron's black Numenorean captains, along with an army of orcs, attacked the Black Gates and killed every Gondorian, including Talion and his entire family. So after you get to kiss your wife on the cheek, um, the, the, the fortress is attacked and everyone including Talion is is canonically killed. This is not like he comes back or he like was wounded and thrown off a bridge, something and like wakes up in a pile of corpses. Talion is straight up killed. Okay. So, okay. we had mentioned we had mentioned Numenor briefly here. Several thousand years ago, when Sauron was roaming Middle-earth in his fair form, 
which is generally represented, including in this game, as a slim, handsome, elven man with long blonde hair. We all um, know his fair form is actually a carny. Where he's just, got, <laughs> yeah, just that crooked teeth jutting out and uh, the straw hat, the straw hat. <laughs> arm elastic. Yeah, exactly. If you toss the one ring on the, the neck of this bottle, you can win a prize. <laughs> <laughs> well, howdy there, Ranger. You want to win something for your lady? It's, just like, oh. it's like one of the kings who would become a ring wraith. It's like he wins. Like you can ring a, you can win a ring of power. It's perfectly yeah. innocuous. Yeah. Just uh, oh, he's like standing. He's standing there with like both his arms like behind the counter. He's like, yeah, if you could just toss a ring onto one of these nondescript fingers sticking up out of the out of the table, the countertop. He's like got his hands poking up through through the countertop. Yeah. <laughs> throw the, the ring on him. Like, yeah, like the sign says whack a mole, and he just has his hands in the whack a mole thing, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like completely lying. Yeah. Honestly, the king's men are greedy and stupid. Uh, Sauron could have absolutely overthrown Numenor with a with like cheap carnival games. <laughs> <laughs> it's got you've got like the water gun, like the orc with like a big balloon on its on the top yeah. of his head. Uh yeah, so he uh was roaming he was roaming the land uh in his fair form, and he was actually captured and brought to Numenor by Numenorians. Um this is again, Jamie commented on the writing uh in Rings of Power. This is kind of represented in the show. It is part of it. So when he gets pulled out of the water with Galadriel, spoilers for that show, I guess, sorry. Um one, he is not in his fair form. He is in his, in his Talion form, his generic brunette white guy form. So his fair mm-hmm. form is never seen in the television show. <laughs> but uh, when he and Galadriel are pulled out of the water after their shipwreck, um, they are brought to Numenor, at which point they are kind of like distrusted, but not particularly, they're not imprisoned. And also, uh, I don't believe in the show, uh, he has ever seen actually like, whispering into the ears of any of the Numenorians, Like, the politics of Numenor, I don't believe, are very present in the show. At the time of this occurring, uh, a lot of, some of the Numenorian nobles were not too keen on alliances with elves, Valar, and dwarves. They were very kind of isolationist, more racist. Um, yeah. Even like, though the elves yeah. had gifted Numenor to them as, like... Uh, yeah. Yeah, for was it like after a war or something? Or I forget why, but it was a gift from the elves, and then they're like, "Fuck all the elves!" Now that we have our them. nice place to live. Yeah, yeah. O- only some of them. Yeah, but yeah. There, there was a lot. There's a lot of like politics and whatnot that would have happened there. So while captive, Sauron the Deceiver managed to kind of manipulate some of the Numenorans who were are pretty Good. easy to be red pilled at this point. Um, Sorry, Numenor. Numenor was a gift from the Valar. Oh, the uh, oh, to the to the Adain, the fathers of men who had stood with the elves of Beleriand against Morgoth in the Wars right. of the Stage. Yeah. Okay. But it was like it was for the helping the elves, yeah. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Okay. For helping the elves to stop cli- like climate change or whatever. Like to selfishly not let evil take over the world too, I guess, to some degree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Having not seen Rings of Power, so yeah. <laughs> Um, the kings that he managed to red pill uh, against climate change would eventually become known as the Black Numenorians, three of which would become Nazgul or Ring Race, including the most powerful one, the Witch King of Agmar, was a Numenorian lord or king, and another would go on to become the Mouth of Sauron. This is his representative who we see speak to Gandalf and Aragorn at the Black Gates at the end of Return of the King. The guy he sends out to parlay is also a millennia-old Black Numenorian. Cool. Yeah. 
The mouth is sour. Like which mouth? Is fair form mouth or is it his act like <laughs> Oh yeah. The, uh, lips we talking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the rose petal like lips of Sauron. Okay. Out all sexy like to try and tell Aragorn and Gandalf to turn around and toss <laughs> Frodo's mithril shirt, which smells like cologne now. Uh, uh, Gandalf. <laughs> we'd love to see some uh Sauron with some good like lip fillers, just like perfect big lips, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. Colin just up to all hell. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Jamie sending me art notes tonight, just like Kardashian <laughs> Sauron? Question yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sauron. Fake ass. Yeah, Sauron the breaks BBL. the internet. We already did uh, something breaks the internet. I think a pig showing it. Yeah. yeah, you did. Yeah. Miss Piggy, maybe? I don't know. No, something. it was the pig from Star Fox. Uh, we have right. okay. Star Fox. Yeah, sure, sure. yeah that's right. So the Black Numenorians, again, a lot of these these people were, are not given names by Tolkien. So uh, the writers for the uh, Middle Earth games really did just just like, well, fucking prove me, prove me wrong, Tolkien. You're dead sort of thing, right? <laughs> you can't. So the uh, Numenorians that assault the Black Gates at the beginning of Shadow of Mordor are the Hammer of Sauron, the Hand of Sauron, and the Tower of Sauron. Uh, these guys are game canon only, but like I said work uh he never yeah. said they weren't that he never said they weren't real right same with the two fairy and santa claus so the hammer i get the hand i get the tower is that like the shield the tower shield is it a uh, actual tower is he bigger than everybody is he's he a made out of dude. bricks he um he could be he could be pretty he's probably pretty bricked up Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Depending All on right. depending on his mood. Well, I would that, with his boss's lips. I mean. Oh hell yeah! How <laughs> could, could you not be bricked up? You get the lips of Sauron right next to right <laughs> right next to the tower of Sauron. He's real bricked <laughs> up. <laughs> um, right. And one of the things that uh, so the these guys these Black Numenorean captains do actually work in canon because, like I said, never said they weren't real. One of the things that doesn't actually work at all in the fiction is the inciting incident. The murder of everyone at the Black Gates doesn't work at all because the Black Gates, or Gondor's watch of the Black Gates, was abandoned thousands of years prior to the events of the game, or at least where the game is set, thanks to the Great Plague. Uh, This was a plague carried through Middle-earth from the east, much like the Black Death was in Europe. And just because so many people had died and they needed so much more support and Sauron had been defeated, they were like, okay, you know, we've got Minas Morgul, it's right there, and Asgiliath, keep an eye on it, but we really need to kind of pull back from the Black Gates. So the watch had been abandoned thousands of years prior to the events of the game, so having people there doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, make any sense, fuck, it's, you know, it's like having a magic ring doesn't make any sense either. <laughs> it's set up for the entire fucking plot, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. So okay. it's, it, it's that, that sort of thing where it kind of splits, but again, it's... It's fan fiction, but it if that's as far works. as it gets, that's not that bad. I don't think. Yeah, exactly. It works. Huh. Um, so on the subject of Ring Race, uh, we're going to get into the second main character uh, right after the break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back from the break, everybody. Thank you for listening to that ad. We need our fraction of a penny. Um, yeah, so now we're going to get into the game's second lead and the real meat of the episode uh, since Celebrimbor... Uh, is taken directly from Tolkien's lore and is a incredibly important and unlucky character. I know uh, him. In the fiction, he is yeah, in Rings of Power. He, he he makes all the rings. Yes, he is. And naturally, because it is Rings of Power, uh, he is Celebrimbor in name only. His uh, timeline, like where he is at what time, and his personality are completely different than how he is in Tolkien's fiction. Uh, I mean. And just sort of as well. like a, a K or something instead, just so they're legally distinct. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's Kellogg. It's Kellogg Brimbor, and yeah. he and he just he invented cereal because he thought it was bad to masturbate. Kellogg Bimbo, who actually made horny cereal. Yes. Oh, well, that's <laughs> the, yeah. Of the Kellogg's. Yeah. yeah, the Kellogg's cereal, so you don't masturbate. Yeah, <laughs> the Valar aren't jacking off in that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. This was this was cereal that makes you masturbate. Oh God! Could you imagine? <laughs> what, what is it? fiber. It's only Bone the fiber. <laughs> it's only the blue Fruit Loops, and they call it Blue Chew. Yeah. <laughs> Got this Blue Chew. We, we've already, we've got this. We'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, Caliber more. Um. So we're gonna get into him. Um. And like his relationship with Talion, and then of course Caliber from the. Tolkien's fiction here. Uh, so after Talion is executed by the Black Numenorians, he finds himself somewhere between life and death. Uh, this is what the game calls the Wraith World. Uh, so if you guys want to open up the spoiler image to see what Celebrimbor looks like now, uh, very kind of like mummy skin, but he has like a a blue ghost body. The first, right? the first one's a picture of Talion. Uh, I'm going to assume, yeah. but yeah, now I see the second one is yeah, ghost ghost guy, ghost face yeah. killer, if you will, ghost face ringer, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> I remember seeing him. Yeah, I remember being like, like I don't <laughs> remember not caring about the story that much. But he almost looks like a drogger from Skyrim or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very slim, dead. I mean, he's dead guy skin. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Dead guy, yeah. Um, the effect. So I, I do, I do agree. It, it, all the criticism of the first one is very valid. They definitely corrected a bit because Talion and Celebrimbor have some actually fairly good interactions in Shadow of War. They really did improve the whole, like, now both main protagonists are just two grumpy men who are sad about everything. They actually have, like, they play off each other now that they've been living in the same head. Also, uh, the art direction is really good where sometimes he will only appear partially kind of, like, on top of Talion's body. It's a really cool effect to just have like a single ghost arm, ghost scepter and a ghost flag. And then like on the other side of his body, Talion is still human, basically. Also, cool. he is the only thing keeping Talion alive. Uh, they are separated a couple times in Shadow of War, at which point Talion's throat is immediately slit back open and he starts to die and suffocate. Which oh, yeah. is a pretty, it's a pretty cool touch there, yeah. 
<laughs> um, also, trivia for us three, because we're big fans of it. Caleb Rimbor is played by Scottish actor Alistair Duncan, who is the same guy who plays Mimir in God of War. Oh, oh there you go. Yeah. Also, he's a Scottish actor, so I think Mimir is his natural voice, or at least closer to closer it. Closer to. Yeah. Because Celebrimbor is, I mean, me, uh, Canadian, is like undetectably Scottish. It's, none of it's there. <laughs> for the amount, yeah, for the amount that Mimir talks, especially in the first one, you'd hope he's just using his natural voice. Not, yeah. not to strain himself. Yeah. <laughs> Tolkien could could thought could have thought of somebody something closer to human, like the Scottish, and not quite so abhorrent as the Australian accent, yeah. right? <laughs> That's why it's, it's it's much closer. Yeah. Um, so the game explains why uh, both Talion and Celebrimbor are there in the Wraith world. Did not look at the Wraith world. Pretty sure it is just it's game only. Um, but uh, the Ring Wraiths, like the Nazgul themselves, at some point, Aragorn is like, oh, they're neither living nor dead. So this between status is not is not completely, you know, I mean, not completely made up. Tolkien completely fucking made it up, but like not made up <laughs> for the game, right? Um, it's pretty classic. It's not like a, it's not a new idea. They both have unfinished business. And that is why, I mean, that's what ghosts in the, in, in real life use. There's always unfinished yeah. business to like appear out of focus in an innocuous photo, right? Like there's just someone who just is taking too long to sign their statement of work or there's an outstanding invoice. They just haven't quite gotten yet. And or they need to answer their emails or something, right? Like, that's yeah, 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 exactly. Always something. I didn't do a proper handoff before going on vacation, uh, so I cannot die yet. I cannot leave this world for <laughs> exactly. the to, to, to the, the the vacation lands in the west. I can't right. sell. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, in the first game, in Shadow of Mordor, neither Talion nor the ghost of Celebrimbor or the Wraith is officially it. Uh, are aware of who Celebrimbor is, and some of the early quests are rec- like recovering elven artifacts around Mordor. Uh, which kind of replace his memories, and that's when they find out who he is. Um, in a flashback, it is revealed that Celebrimbor is a master smith and jeweler, possibly the best, thanks to him being the grandson of Finway, the first High King of Noldor, which is one of the great elven lords and great elven kingdoms of, like, the First Age. Okay. Respectively. Um, and quick, also... Sorry. sorry, I've been doing too much runescape lately where there's six ages a quick reminder on where how the ages play out in lord of the rings it's it goes to three uh it goes to uh all the major stuff yes so it goes there there's like a primordial age where like creation is sung into existence by iluvatar and the ainu and for the listeners at home we'll have an episode about all this link below um so he sings creation into existence creates the Ainu, there's right. Discord because of Melkor, he's playing yes. a different tune, he creates evil things that are, you know, mirror copies of of all the good, pure things that have been created. Then there are the first, second, and third ages, and the fourth age starts, like, which would be 4A1, is after the ring is destroyed at the end of Return of the King. Okay. Everything takes place... It's it's three, and then four is, is when everything is right. fine, and then we get the modern era, which yeah. where everything's totally fine. Um, and second just, age is when all the rings are created and everything. Exactly. Uh, second age is the primary age we're going to be talking about now, because that's when Celebrimbor was most active. Okay. But being an elf, he's, of course, thousands of years old. They cannot die of old age. They can only be physically killed. Um, so Celebrimbor was born in the first age. I did not write down his birthday. It's 
one of the years in the first age. And the ages are not like, it's been 500 years, now it's the third age. It's nah, like yeah. in Elder Scrolls, uh, I mean, like in Elder Scrolls, they took it from uh, Tolkien. Yeah. Big events is just like, okay, new calendar, we had a war, yeah. and that, that sort of thing. We destroyed the Ring of Power, now it's time to go on yeah. to modern Europe. Yeah, so, okay. Same, same as RuneScape, which I'm sure they stole from Tolkien, being UK guys. Uh, they, yeah. yeah, they have six ages. It's like, Zamorak kills Zarok. All right, we're on to the next age. Like, exactly. It's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like the yeah, first I age mean, ends is like when they defeat uh, too, right? Morgoth. Yeah right yeah that sort of stuff yeah like the Why? biggest event in of the past generally three-ish thousand years is just like okay we're Guys, changing yeah we we discovered that everybody's copying tolkien we discovered it you heard yeah it it's true yeah. yeah and tolkien didn't copy anybody no. uh surely right no, no uh, especially, especially not the anonymous viking who wrote beowulf never <laughs> <laughs> i mean one really interesting marker between the second age and the third age is that canonically in the second age the earth was flat and in the third age it was changed to a round world an event called the changing of the world uh and it was it was actually in direct response to um iluvatar destroying the island of numenor actually interesting Um, i think the downfall of numenor might be i mean might deserve its own episode or uh Numenor generally might deserve its own episode. So there's a couple things later, that but... I'm going to gloss over here. I like wrote notes to myself today, just like can't talk about that. Yeah. Like <laughs> fucking dragons that we're about to get into. Yeah. They've been around for millennia and were basically created as as like world ending weapons by Morgoth. It's yeah. just like yeah, all right, too much. I can't do that. Um, yes. Uh, also, um, Celebrimbor's grandfather, Finway, was also the first elf to sail across the sea to the west to the Undying Lands. So he's the one who started sailing to Valinor to, uh, where no one can die. And it's where Gandalf and Frodo and Bilbo go at the end of the trilogy and where the elves often go and are like starting to do, uh, in the third age during the films and during the, the book trilogy because like, well, the age of the elves is over. Uh, we'll just we'll just leave it to men. This should be fucking fine. Right? Yeah, they'll take care of it. No problem. <laughs> they'll, take care, they'll, take, they'll take care of it. Uh, in the changing of the world, when uh, the world was made to a sphere, they actually broke off Valinor. So the Undying Lands were were are are sundered from the world. I posted a picture in the, in the boys' chat there if you guys want to look at it. But yeah. like, I believe they like cut flying the, ships. They cut oh, the world yeah. and they they just tie it off and they pinch off the good part and leave it yeah, exactly. over there. Yeah, they, they just, just off to the side. <laughs> Um, so when uh, Caleb Brimble was young, he survived uh, the attack on, uh, oh my god, Nargothrond, which was an elven city that he lived in. Um, Morgoth sent Glaurung, the first known dragon, um, to destroy uh, Nargothrond, and Caleb Brimble was one of the few people who managed to escape. Excuse me. Um, one of the things that's funny is Caleb Brimble was not, he's not like other elves, right? He's that kind of girl. Um, he was described as being almost dwarven in his love of crafting and smithing and kind of given the relationship between elves and dwarves, this sort of comes off as like your grandma uses an, an expression that's hasn't been acceptable since the forties, right? Like, <laughs> Oh, he's a real dwarf about that. And you're just like, Celebrant, we're, we're out. We're, we're in public. You yeah, exactly. There's, <laughs> there's dwarves who work here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, like going, it's like going drinking with, Jamie's dad. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, I've been rewatching Dragon Ball Z, and Frieza throws around the word "monkey" to talk about stands a little too. Yeah, you were saying yeah. <laughs> it's like all these things, like yeah. 
just chill out a little bit. Yeah. Um, the smithing skills uh, he learned when he was living in Gondolin, which is where he lived after escaping the attack uh, on Nargothron from Gondolin. He lived in a boat in Venice? Yeah, I, I was also Whoa. thinking that. I was also like, like uh, Mandolin, the little guitar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Would be another good one for uh, if sure. we wanted to bust you out the You nailed it, Pete. Yeah. That's, that's also a way to cut your vegetables. Gondolins? We'll mandolin. use a mandolin, yeah. Oh, of course. Take a little yeah. slicer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gondolin, however, would during a midsummer celebration, which is, I believe, just taken directly from like Nordic countries, uh, be attacked by orcs and balrogs, forcing Celebrimbor to once again flee, kind of making him that Japanese guy who was both in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah. <laughs> Doom just follows him around. Yeah. I didn't know there was a guy who hit both. That's really unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I believe he survived both too, and for quite some time. Like it, it's not like he was killed and they figured it out afterwards. I think he was. I think they knew. Yeah. So during the Second Age, uh, he forged a good relationship with the dwarves of Khazad-dûm. After the discovery of Mithril, uh, Khazad-dûm would eventually become come under the control of the family line of Durin, uh, and then eventually be destroyed by a Balrog. So again, uh, fucking Celebrimbor is just got a real like, Balrog problem. He's he's got a real there goes the neighborhood problem. Frankly, <laughs> I, I like if, if Celebrimbor moves in, you might want to move out. Yeah, <laughs> you probably got thousands like, of years to do it, but like with these prices, fuck. Balrogs are like bed bugs. Like if you don't like get rid of all your clothes and just burn them, then like yeah. you'll always have a few more, so they'll just follow you around. You know? Yeah, yeah. You really got to put all the all of your uh, mithril in a trash bag and leave it out in the snow for a while, and that'll that'll really <laughs> take care of the balrogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I hate the idea of balrogs living in my floorboards. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's awful. <laughs> uh, so we know Kazadoom now as Moria, uh, where nothing bad ever happened again after the mm-hmm. balrog destroyed it. Uh, Celebrimbor and the dwarven smith Narvi were the ones who created the enchanted Doors of Durin, uh, those being the large doors that can only be read in the moonlight and unlocked by speaking the password. Uh, the Fellowship of the Ring, thousands of years later, unlocked it by speaking the elvish word for friend moments before being attacked by a lake monster. Yeah, so that's, tentacles. And stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's like the Watcher in the Water is what that thing is called. And it's just... It, it's a guard uh, dog. I was, sorry. It's a guard dog. Yeah, <laughs> it's an ugly dog, man. <laughs> all dog, all doggos are beautiful, Jamie. Come on. <laughs> I mean, big fucking corgi, like trying to drag Frodo into the lake. Yeah. <laughs> I'll agree. I'll agree that the real dogs are. I saw your meatball of a dog, or your parents' meatball of a dog this weekend, and yeah. it looks like it had a toad's mouth. But it was still very cute. And you, yeah. yeah. And she headbutted a three-year-old girl right in the face. So <laughs> yeah. she'd, she'd be a good watcher of the water. She's very excitable. Yeah. Uh, where was I here? Um, so yeah, the doors of Durin are all over the place in Shadow of War. Uh, you unlock them through like a fairly manageable collectible quest. I didn't get all the collectibles, but I did get the things to open up these doors because inside is a piece of unique gear and I'm a sucker for set bonuses in video games for some reason. Um, obviously, this is non-canon busy work because Celebrimbor did not hide single pieces of clothing all over Mordor in, <laughs> yeah. in, in Tolkien's fiction so that he could He's... come and get them if he fucking needed them at some point. Well, maybe. Okay, maybe he put his garbage bags full of his clothes out and it just ah. like... Then he kept like getting attacked oh, by yeah. leave. We didn't have time to just grab his garbage bag full of clothes. 
<laughs> That's another way uh, to get rid of your Balrogs is to leave them for millennia in uh, an unopenable room with a, a yeah. very tightly sealed door. Yeah. yeah how, how, how will you communicate in thousands of years when a when like dis, distant descendants of our uh, uh, of our civilization go to open these these Balrog tombs? Right? How will you warn them? Because oh, language is so limited, you know. I think yeah. um, what transcends language is a tentacle dog in a lake. Mm. That might help, actually. Smart, right, smart, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just trying to warn them. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very polite to be dragged by your feet into a dark lake, actually. This, <laughs> this traditional will never go away. <laughs> I like to think it's just like, don't adopt, like, if you adopt a Balrog, get ready for it. They get very big, dark, and shadowy, so we don't want, like, a, too yeah, exactly. many Balrogs at the SBCA. Yeah, there's no such, there's, it's actually a myth, there's no such thing as teacup Balrogs. They're all, they're, they're they all grow babies. up. They all grow up. Yeah. 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 After <laughs> Fellowship of the Ring came out, so many people adopted a Balrog who just yeah. wasn't ready for it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's a big commitment. Okay. Yeah. Really now they're is. like fucking going, they're just completely loose, just taking over the Everglades in Florida. Fucking Balrogs <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> uh, so Kellen Brimbor fought many battles in the First and Second Ages, including the War of Wrath, where Elves, Men, and Valor fought and defeated the forces of Morgoth. This is one of the first huge battles in the fiction. This is all still legit in the games and in Tolkien's work as well. Um, and like we were saying, some of the stuff that I'm going to glance over here, the War of Wrath and like the War of the Last Alliance are fucking episodes on their own. So I'm just going to blow past like, yeah, we had World War II, whatever. Nothing important happened. We'll talk about it later sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just a couple of guys you might remember from that one. We'll talk about them at some point. At some point. Yeah. Um, Celebrimbor uh, stayed in Middle-earth after the War of Wrath, unlike a lot of the elves who did sail off to whatever flat Valinor at this point, I guess, that just got pinched off the rest of the planet. Yep. <laughs> uh, and he lived in Eregion, west of the Misty Mountains, uh, that kind of go down the middle of the continent that the story takes place on. Uh, Eregion is in the Rings of Power. Uh, it is one of the very uh, impressive and expensive-looking sets in that show, because as much as I will talk shit about the writing... That shit is money on screen, baby. And it is yeah. well spent. Fucking sets, costumes, effects, everything. It's fun to look at, yeah. And I even though it's not the best, like it's not as good as just rewatching the three movies or whatever, yeah. if you have that itch. But it's just good more content with a lot of money in it. There's like a few questions that go unanswered for a little while that leave you wondering and if you just yeah. want to be in the Tolkien universe, it's not that bad. And I also consume all of these shows while playing an MMO at the same time. So it takes the pressure off the show to keep me interested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Jamie missed the entire scene where Galadriel's just on screen saying nothing, just going like shuffling back and forth, waving her hands. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess he just wasn't paying attention to that one. Yeah. Uh, Caleb Brimbor would one day become the lord and ruler of Eregion in both timelines. As would Galadriel at some point with her hum husband Celeborn uh, before they move to Lothlorien where she resides to this day, in quotes, right? Uh, at some point, uh, Anatar, the Lord of Gifts, arrived in Eregion around the year 1200 of the Second Age. So this would be like kind of in the first third of the second age because the entire second age lasted for 3,441 years. So it's roughly, it's, it's at the front end there or towards the end of the front end, I guess. Um, and this is still thousands of years before the fellowship of the ring and the murder of Talion, which take place in the final few decades of the third age, which lasted 3,021 years. 
So it's still like this huge, huge gap of time. Yeah. Um, and like we were saying earlier, like obviously that it, the third age ends when the one ring is destroyed. Um, Anatar claimed to be a messenger of the Ainu. Uh, those being the greatest of the gods below the best god, who is Iluvatar. Iluvatar. Like we said, we have an episode about that. And yep. specifically, he stated he was a messenger from Aule, the Ainu who created the sun and the moon, both things which the elves are very much into the worship of. So he was the perfect guy. This carnival rocks up to a region, and they were just like, wow, moon-themed games of chance? Sign me up. <laughs> Don't Sign mind me uh, up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Anatar, uh, who you can pull up a picture of here, you can see how fair of a form he is. Pretty handsome fella, I think. This is like a Jo. This is JoJo's. I'm looking at <laughs> JoJo's Bizarre Adventure right now. Did I post that in there by accident? Looks like a stand I, going on for sure. Uh, yeah, I, he's got a stand. I oh, don't yeah, think I this was. I don't think this was Lord of the Rings, Peter. <laughs> I had a JoJo joke later on in the episode. I added that oh. there. I guess I just put him in the wrong order. <laughs> Uh, you should be looking for a different purple guy with some wolves behind him. Okay, that's the last picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty uh, fair. Pretty fair. Fair skin, fair hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or- orange eyes. I'm not suspicious about that at all. Each of us has two wolves inside of us and four wolves behind us. You've been posting some pretty cool clothes today. What was it like? Oh Jesus I'm- Christ! <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's very good, right? <laughs> It was like close with it. It's like I'm the pregnant one. I'm the homeowner. Something yeah, like that. It's, uh, it's a it's matching hoodies with matching sweatpants, uh, and one of them has a wolf with like these blue orbs and blue lightning, uh, and it says she keeps me housed. Uh, and then the the matching one is uh, pink uh, fire and pink orbs with a pink wolf. It says he keeps me pregnant. And then on the <laughs> pants they say I choose you. And I sent it to my wife and asked her if we should, should get a pair. <laughs> Pretty cool, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, Anatar and his games of chance uh, befriended Celebrimbor and the other smiths in Eregion and suggested they could get, really should get into making some magic rings because they are the coolest part of the carnival mm-hmm. game, guys. Mm-hmm. I have no other reason for why you should bind yourselves to these magical rings that I will specifically teach you how to build, and I will disappear for decades at one point. Don't fucking worry about it, okay? I just realized you said uh, Talon is like the edgy uh, hedgehog guy, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, he is. So if he gets all the rings and you kill him... <gasps> Dude, Sonic with all the rings? Bing, yeah, <laughs> bing, 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 just all, all around. <laughs> Nothing personnel, wife, and then hands her a, little, <laughs> hands her a flower. Yeah. <laughs> so um, everybody was was just like, wow, this man, this representative of the gods themselves really has, like, so many fucking secrets. This, th- this ring craft, this magic ring crafting, this is great. What do you think, Celebrimbor? He's like, yeah, that's good. I'll take some of the skills he's taught us. <laughs> Celebrimbor, however, did not exactly trust Anatar fully. This, obviously, he's too fucking good to be true, right? Yeah. Like, the representative of the specific gods that you are the biggest fan of comes in here with, like, the best deal you've ever heard. Like, and he's no got a title. What? And no credentials. No, like, no, oh, yeah, here's, here's, my, here's my badge from God. Yeah. Let yeah, you yeah. know that I'm, I'm official. So what a 7,000 year gap in your resume. And he's just like, yeah. I, don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> no, I, took a, I took a gap seven millennia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really to find myself. Can certainly not die twice and be reformed or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Where was I here? Right. Um, yeah, there's just another plug here. Uh, there's a full episode about the Rings of Power themselves that we have from a couple of years ago. Again, linked below. Uh, but just in case you don't have time to do your lore boys homework, um, Celebrimbor went off and forged without the help of Sauron. He still used Sauron's magic, or Anatar. Excuse me, I guess I buried the lead there. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> he used Anatar's magic to forge three additional rings, but these had not been actually touched by Anatar himself, so they were kind of disconnected from the rest of the set, the Dwarven and the Human Rings that they would go on to build. The Elven Rings were Vilya, Narya, and Nenya. Uh, Narya and Vilya were given to the Elven King Gilgalad, and, and Nenya... Nanya is Nanya business. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I wrote that. We did that joke last episode, too. Yeah, so. we, already know it. we already know it's there, yeah. <laughs> Nen- Nenya business was given to Galadriel, and Narya was eventually given to Gandalf when he arrived in Middle-earth in the year 1000 of the Third Age. So, um, what was his name here? Gilgalad, who was one, the High King of the Elves. He's the High King of the Elves in the Rings of Power show. He's a very important character. Uh, he had two rings on him up until the mid, like the early Third Age, where he finally gave it to Gandalf once he found out Gandalf's true identity as one of the Maiar, I believe. He's like an archangel. Um... Yes. So, Game Celebrimbor is way more involved in the creation of the rings. He's actually the only smith that worked with Anatar to create the entire set. So, all nine human rings, all seven dwarven rings, and all three elven rings. Um, and wouldn't you know it, like I fucked up earlier when I misspoke, uh, the guy who just loves magic rings, the Lord of Gifts turned out to be the Lord of the Rings himself. It was fucking Sauron. Yeah, it just takes oh. off his fake mustache behind his, like, you know, the, the towering, like, crown, jagged crown helmet or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Feels it off the front. It. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, get better uh, search uh, or SEO or whatever. We should call this episode Elven Ring. Instead of uh, uh, Elden Ring, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the decades where uh, Anatar had disappeared from Eregion, he was back at his home base in Mount Doom, forging the One Ring itself. Um, this was bound through his magic to the Human Rings and the Dwarven Rings, but in Tolkien's canon, not the Elven ones. This also seems to be true in the games as well, uh, since you only ever interact with. Uh, the Nazgul in Shadow of War, opposed to, like, and the dwarves were basically unaffected anyway. Like, you, there aren't, like, you know, short and stocky, like, ring race pursuing the fellowship anywhere. Isn't it? No, wasn't it? That's where their greed came from. Like, the rings corrupted them to be, like, the greedy, uh, like, hoarders that they were. And I'm only saying that because I think you told us that on a on a previous episode. So I did the ring episode years ago. Yeah. That sounds right. Um, Like, it gave them what Tolkien calls dragon sickness, like the desire to hoard treasure. But yeah, I think so, it's, yeah. Well, it's not directly stated the rings possibly gave the dwarf lords who wielded them increased lifespan. The net effect of these rings was to bring vast wealth to the wearer, but to also intensify their greed, which ultimately led to the wielder's rune. Right. It's from the one wiki to rule them all. Yeah, and then eventually that would go on to like digging too greedily and too deep into Casa Doom. You know, awakening the Balrog that was underneath it, who is Durin's bane, because he ended the line of Durin when he fucking killed everybody. Yeah. He's also the Balrog that fights Gandalf in the uh, Fellowship of the Ring. The yeah. same one. Yeah. Uh, where was I here? Um, right. Anyway. Uh, in-game, Celebrimbor is forced to make the One Ring for Sauron while imprisoned. 
Uh, he was also involved in the creation of the Ring Race directly, uh, or the Nazgul. And the guilt for all of this is what kept his spirit bound to Middle-earth uh, the entire time. So his unfinished business is correcting the mistakes of trusting Anatar, crafting all these rings, and then also being directly involved in the creation of the Nazgul. Um, in Tolkien's work, only two of the nine ring race are given names, so we're going to be moving on to these guys now. Uh, those being the Witch King of Angmar, which is a title, not a name, uh, and Kamul the Easterling. Uh, so the game race, the in-game race, are played a little fast and loose. Um, Helm here's, Hammerhead. Sorry. Here's Jeff. This is Jeff the Ring Wraith. He's coming, <laughs> to, he's coming to get you. You better run. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> I knew a guy named Jeff uh, in my university town, and he just loved the bus system. And he would just ride buses all day. And he wanted to become a bus driver, but he didn't have the right vision for it. He had, like, really bad uh, – he needed thick glasses. And he could okay. just never become the thing he always wanted to be. It was really a tragic story. I think it's Tolkien. Truly, a, truly a Twilight Zone episode, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Twilight Zone, yeah. Did a fair-haired man from the bus factory offer him a ring that would make him the best driver on Earth? Now he's the man of the bus ring. <laughs> it was great to work with, though. I worked with him at a restaurant, and if I ever needed to know how I could get home... Uh, I just ask him you know, yeah, yeah. every time no, exactly. and every bus yeah. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guy who needs a bus, guy who specifically loves bus, just like it's like oh, face, like big, like yeah. oh, wide eyes, like oh, my time to shine, baby. Yeah, he loved to talk about it. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the Nazgul. We're going to be moving into like further, deeper spoilers into Shadow of War. So if you want to play it, come back to this part in a couple of weeks when you finish the game. Uh, Helm Hammerhand, the ninth king of Rohan, whom the fortress of Helm's Deep is named after, appears as a Nazgul uh, who is banished or like exorcised, whatever you do, uh, by Talion and Celebrimbor. So the way that Celebrimbor's wraith magic works is he can use the power of what is called the New Ring, because he, he makes another ring of power for himself. Yeah, I believe in the DLC for the first game, which I have never played. And in the same way that Sauron uses the One Ring to control the other uh, ring bearers, Celebrimbor can use it to uh, control the minds of orcs, which is how you enslave them and do the politics. But when you do the uh, mind control execution move at the end of the boss battle with the ring race in-game, they simply just kind of explode into a cloud of green mist and like a big kind of spark meteor thing just flies up into the air and goes back to... Minas Morgul, which is like the ivory tower uh, in game and in the film, they're represented the same way. There's a big ivory tower in the middle with a big kind of like pillar of green light shooting out of it. That's the spooky light. And that's the same yeah. color as the ring race as well. But that's where they go back to. But to work around the fact that like, well, I'm sure somebody like maybe Theoden, King of Rohan would have mentioned that like, oh yeah, Helm Hammerhand is a ring wraith now. <laughs> that he is like purified and banished and taken out of the nine. Um, and yeah, and then the same thing happens actually with Isildur, the prince of Gondor, who had originally cut the ring from Sauron's hand. Opposed to just being killed and floating away as a bloated corpse in a river, the orcs in Shadow of War recover his corpse, give him one of the nine rings of the. Uh, of the Man. ring race and turn Isildur into the ninth ring race. That ring race, like so. That so reminds me of you saying earlier, like the uh, 
the rings of power talks in like movie quotes or whatever it's like you didn't need to use a sildor you could just make a new character like it's <laughs> fine like yeah the, the whole reason like tolkien's work is so impressive is like the breadth of it and the fact that you're like no no no, we're just doing callbacks like oh it's this sildor yeah. you know him right you know this guy right like yeah uh and again they play around this he is the second to last boss I don't know why I'm talking about the fucking lisp now. He is the second to last boss. And when you defeat and exercise Isildur, he leaves the ring behind. So right. when, at the end of the game, you're just like, hey, this whole enslaving everybody and like this by any means necessary shit, Celebrimbor is a little crazy. Uh, Celebrimbor actually betrays Talion and leaves his body to go fight Sauron himself, because he's just like, okay, Talion, you're a pussy. You clearly don't want to go do whatever it takes to fix a thing that I did, right? Yeah. Because Celebrimbor being so involved and vastly more guilty uh, in-game um, kind of leads him down this path. Um, but because you banished Isildur, thankfully, you can pick up his ring off the ground, and post-game true ending Talion is the ninth ring wraith so the post game oh. takes place over the decades and decades and decades and then eventually after you do the final like uh siege mission which is the huge castle battles where all your cartoony captains fight for you and you can go and take out other guys and do capture points and shit best part of the fucking game not gonna lie um there's a cutscene showing that talion is just like he could only resist the power of the nazgul ring for so long and does join the nine uh, he gets killed uh, in the like end of the uh, at the end of the third film when uh, Mountain Doom is erupting after the ring is destroyed and the fireballs are hitting all the Nazgul on their on their flying monsters. Yeah, sure. He's one He's of the one guys of who gets hit by a meteor. Basically, okay, that's how they were just go. like, no more sequels. That's and that's why yeah. no one knows who he is in the Fellowship. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> and hit by a meteor. That's like uh, uh, Mountain Doom Code Red. Uh. So in the fiction, uh in the true in, in Tolkien's fiction, Isildur refused to destroy the one ring and was one day killed for it, losing the ring in the river where, where it would be eventually discovered by Smeagol. Of course, his body was not recovered and resurrected as a wraith, uh only to be killed, you know, 50 years before the ring was destroyed. Cool. Um, so Sauron's betrayal plays out very similarly in Shadow of War, uh, except, uh, for some reason, he was also banging Shelob the whole time. Um, she's hot had, in the game, right? Yeah. So they, in the second age in game, she appears as a sexy, dark haired lady, um, mm -hmm. and then getting dumped by a man seems to have been the thing that turned her into a giant flesh eating spider. So I do have oh, a good. little uh -huh. asterisk here. <laughs> wasn't the guy a hundred years ago that wrote this but modern day storytellers yeah, that decided no. to do this plot yeah. it's, That's not, what I said. No, dude, it's not that whenever men dump women that they turn into it's whenever men die then women turn into widows i heard oh gotcha oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah so yeah i have here 11 out of 10 female character writing no notes yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> she gets dumped she, and then there you remember when tolkien wrote inshallah breasted boobily uh across the mountains <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so yeah compared to tolkien's work obviously this is fucking ludicrous uh yeah. Shelob is a daughter of Ungoliant, who is like a primordial force that just happened to take the form of a spider. Yeah. And her children 
were the giant and like wretched spiders of Mirkwood in The Hobbit, and of course right. Shelob, who was born and is the oldest and greatest of the spiders of, currently of children, in Middle yeah. Earth. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So yeah, having a, a sexy woman projection. Yeah, not really up. To, not really uh, uh, up to so, the Tolkien snuff, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So once Sauron's plan is in motion, he kills Celebrimbor. This is true in the fiction and in the game. In the game, he actually beats Celebrimbor to death with his own smithing hammer, which, it's a violent cutscene, and the games are very violent, because the orcs obviously are not human, and they bleed black. They get away with a lot, and it really does help play up, like, the cartoony vibe. It's always satisfying, because, like, the there's, like, I, I, hundreds of perks, that, like, the orc captains can have, right? One of which, the most annoying, that kind of seems to occur more often than some of the other ones, is Iron Will. And these are guys that you cannot enslave. You have to kill them. Okay. And it is really satisfying to get to the end of a fairly, I mean, difficult by that combat standards battle with, like, just, like, the goofiest motherfucker on the planet and then get a counterattack where you, like, half-sword and then, like, twist the sword and cut off both his arms and then decapitate him in slow motion. <laughs> but for some reason, Celebrimbor is merely executed with his own hammer. Whereas in the actual fiction, in Tolkien's fiction, um, Sauron captures Celebrimbor on his, during his attack on Eregion and then brutally tortures him. Extracting the location of the lesser rings of power. So at this point, he had the nine rings of men like in a vault somewhere. Because after he figured out that like, oh shit, Sauron's trying to activate his fucking sleeper agents through all these evil rings we built for him. Yeah. yeah. Right. He hid away the ones of men because obviously, you know, kings of men so easily seduced. Sort of yeah, yeah. Or whatever the quote for the movie is, if we're going to be yeah, writing at this close. caliber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The queens of men so easily dumped in bitchy, you know, or whatever Tolkien would have written. <laughs> whatever, whatever Tolkien wrote. He says cartoony. What if they just, like, banged Celebrimbor with his own hammer into the shape of a ring, and then uh, the, his enemies put it on or whatever. Something yeah, like, little, like, like Tweeting eagles yeah, flying around with yeah. a bump on his head. Exactly. Put them like, like, it's like the rack, but, like, the wheel, you know, and they, he, like, Sauron stretches him over a wheel so he turns into a ring. Like, yeah. The most, the most ironic torture possible <laughs> so um he eventually broke and sauron managed to obviously find the nine rings intended for the kings of men uh and this directly led to the creation of the nazgul so while i guess he is responsible ish in the actual fiction he did not actually you know go out and just be like oh yeah isildur is dead you can just resurrect him with one of those rings we fucking made like just do that <laughs> make him a wraith that's fine um, but it's very tame within the it, it, compared to the official canon. The torture went far enough to finally kill Celebrimbor, at which point Sauron had his corpse riddled with arrows, mutilated, and then tied to a post and paraded through a region as a trophy. Which, again, like I said, wouldn't be more violent than anything that happens just in the video game, right? Yeah. But he's basically killed in like an off-screen. Like, it's like a cutaway where you see, like, Sauron raise the hammer and then swing, and then it smash cuts closer to Sauron when he gets, like, blood splattered on his face. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is where Calibrimbor's story ends in Tolkien's work. Smash cuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Uh, yeah, so this is where the story ends in Tolkien's work, and then the Shadow Games um, 
kind of pick up from there and and plug in all the stuff that we just talked about. But I thought it was pretty cool, and it it really is like it was a really fun thing to like read about and like oh this is what they changed, this is what they added. Maybe not all of it good, Shelob. But um, yeah, that's been our Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor, Middle Earth episode about Celebrimbor and Talion. Uh, I've been your host, Peter O'Donoghue. You can find me at Loreboys Podcast on Instagram. And of course, all over, my, my grubby little hands, all over that Discord, uh, which is linked below. So check us out. Give us a follow. Again, it's been a while, but like big thank you to everybody who got us past 1,000 followers on Instagram. That was really, really cool. Great milestone, especially when it's just like, one cartoon picture a week and maybe some stories. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, fellas, what's up? Yeah, if you guys like the show, uh, consider leaving us a review or telling your friends. Uh, it's how the show grows. It's how we've, we've gotten to where we are. Um, we super appreciate everyone who's done it already. Um, so yeah, if you, have, if you have a spare second right now, we'd super, super appreciate it if you could leave us a review or text a friend who you think might like the show. Uh, if you want to support the show financially, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the lore boys, where you can get access to uh, some bonus content. Uh, you'll get you'll get the picture of the the two sweatsuits with the she keeps me house and he keeps me pregnant on them. I believe they'll get posted in the Discord <laughs> patron channels. But... I'll even give you the pic of me nachos in the pool at three. Oh, yeah, you, get the, you get the liminal, yeah. the liminal nachos pic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, Ethan's brand new profile pic is definitely worth a look. Someone zoomed in on his face while we we're playing a game, and it's a good look. It's a good look. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> photography student Jodo180. Thank you for thank you for that. <laughs> I think as who called it out. Eh? <laughs> I, I I mean, I'm just slightly surprised he didn't just crop my feet because my bare feet are in that pic. So, oh. <laughs> good, good job, Jonah. Uh, way, way to resist the urge, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash the Lord I guess if you want that. Uh, and if you uh, don't trust Patreon, we do, of course, uh, have Lord Boys Prime, uh, which we've always offered. Um, we do have a, a kind of special, a special bargain going on these days. Uh, we're, we're, we're starting a carnival. Uh, and we are looking for some people to work the uh, work the stands. So we have uh, we're going to need you to bring your own games. Of course, uh, of course, they're all going to have to involve rings. Uh, so uh, make sure just you know come up with something, some, come up with something creative, a creative way to get a ring on my finger. I guess yeah. is what I'm getting at here. What, they, you know? what games have rings? There's ring toss. There's Sonic. Sonic. Um, mm-hmm. pin, pin, uh, the, pin the ring on the divorce lady. Shadow of Mordor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, you guys have to do the thinking and bring it. Yeah. Hot Wheels. Why are we doing the thinking? It's kind of a ring. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would take a hot. I would take a Hot Wheel track bent into a loop. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whatever you got, send us your rings. Send us all your jewelry. Honestly, maybe you know, clean out, clean out a loved one's jewelry box. Yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, send us to get the to get the the fair set up to get the the. Uh, yeah, to whenever, get it all set up, and then once, once we're the, good. Whenever the world inevitably goes back to being flat, gold is going to be the only thing that's worth anything. I so, know. yeah, yeah. We gotta, we're gonna want <laughs> we're gonna want all the jewelry. So. Exactly. Well, Jamie yeah. is kind of kind of burying the lead. He, maybe yeah, maybe I bury the lead here. The plan is to yes, re obviously the world is round, obviously, but it used to be flat, and the plan is to actually make it flat once more. Uh, we're gonna need a lot of rings to do that. Mm-hmm. So they power our furnaces. Send them in, please. We gold really power- need them. No. Gold-powered furnaces. Please send your rings. <laughs> <laughs> so wasteful. Uh, <laughs> and I think that would constitute a lore boys. Lore boys. Uh, Out. Out. Out.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.